We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, Grinders! Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You want to follow me on Twitter? And it's Monday, September 12th, right after the the first Sunday slate, first week one NFL slate, and we're back on Mondays as usual. Mondays with McCool, joined by James McCool, the co-author with me. Let me pull it up. The Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. First course is a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass, but the second one we just released, Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports for Advanced Players. Mm -hmm. It's a 10-chapter audio course with seven, seven plus custom Excel tools for you to use. To, uh, to arrange the numbers well, to use your projections or our projections or any projections mm-hmm. to build plus EV lineups. And James, mm-hmm. I did just that yesterday. I used all, I used all, my entire process was built through the, it was the first NFL slate that I had multiple of your tools up to oh, build man. all of my lineups. And uh, I did well in cash games. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, I mean, it, <laughs> Uh, if, if you were playing contrarian yesterday, you probably didn't do very well. It's the the first week of the season. We don't know anything. We don't know anything. But if you take a look here, uh, I pulled up the uh, the results DB of uh, the hundred dollar milli, mm-hmm. and if you take a look at the ownership, the top owned players: Pittman, Marquise Brown, Kelsey, McCaffrey, Barkley, and Juju. Yeah. Now, obviously, like Marquise Brown, fourteen points. Eh, meh. McCaffrey obviously underperformed, fifteen point seven. Juju, twenty 
12. I mean, for 5,000, like, not the end of the world. But Pittman, smash. Kelsey, smash. Barkley, smash. Yeah. And if you were building a lot of lineups that didn't have those three players in it, like I was, uh, not, uh, it's not going to, you're not going to get there, really. Well, Jalen Hurts the top overall owned quarterback as well. Was. Oh, yeah. And also, and Jalen Hurts did well. But I mean, uh, quarterback ownership is kind of spread out. But the, the the good part is that on DraftKings, I had Pittman, Kelsey, and Barkley in cash, mm-hmm. right? I and then I had, Bar- right. I, I had Barkley in on FanDuel. So, like, on DraftKings, I just – in cash games, I just got over the line. I mean, I, like, I squeaked out. My my 2v2 decision uh, was uh, – my it was a 3v3, James, on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. On FanDuel, it was a 2v2. So, on FanDuel, I was either going to play Christian Kirk. Okay. And uh, let's see, it was Christian Kirk versus, I don't know. I don't know what it was. And either way, I wouldn't have gotten there, but I got I got the Dolphins defense on FanDuel versus the Commanders. And I played, uh, no, I played Mixon in over McCaffrey. So basically, I was able to get the Marquise Brown on FanDuel. Marquise Brown and Mixon and the Dolphins with Barkley. And that I, I I did great there. So I mean I I cashed in quintuple ups and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that was great. And DraftKings, I I had the worst three v three out of my decisions, and I still got over the line. And that's to me, it's a byproduct of it being week one and there being more dead money in cash games. If this was week nine, week ten, I wouldn't have made it. So the three v three for me, in some combination, was uh. In that 5K and 3K wide receiver range and the defense. So it came down to like Christian Kirk or Juju Schmidt-Schuster. Sure. Okay. Randall Cobb or Jahan Dotson. Okay. And Commanders or Dolphins defense. Mm -hmm. The worst combination was Juju Cobb Commanders. And that's exactly what I had. (laughs) And I still still got over the line and I won more by one like 65% of my head-to-heads. But, I mean, I could have easily replaced Cobb with Dotson. Uh, in a vacuum, if the Packers game, Packers-Viking game, was a 1 o'clock game, I would have chose Dotson. That's fair. Okay. So, basically, I chose – it was so close, I chose Cobb because it's a 425 game, and it gives me more optionality to right. – I could turn that into Romeo Dubs. I could, tur- I could turn – there was a lot of – I could go down to – I could forget Kelsey – Turn that into Jefferson at some some point. I mean, like I could do a. I was playing a lot of late players anyway, and the same yeah. thing happened with Christian Kirk. Like Christian Kirk's in a, in that same early game, so it's like given Juju versus Kirk. I'll just go with the late players and see what happens. And just yeah. like I, I've I've multiple options. I could get to Marquise Brown. I could not play Marquise Brown. I could play. I could switch tight end. I could play Aaron Jones over Barkley and do there were tons of swaps there. Mm-hmm. Dolphins and Commanders were both playing at the same time at one o'clock, so it wouldn't have mattered either way. I'm going to stick with the one that gives me 100 less in salary and also was more owned. So that's and I, I was always going to play Hertz. I was going to play McCaffrey. I was always going to play Barkley. Right. Like like I mean, as far as the one o'clock games, like Barkley wasn't a one o'clock game either, right? No, so it's like a, a lot Barclay. of this stuff was later. But that was yeah. the cash game type of thing. But in GPPs, like I purposely, like I what I did, James. And I'll let you talk soon. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm highlighting your tools. I get it. 
Okay. So I started my process at around 10 30, 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I did is that I used uh, 300 line. I built 300 lineups mm-hmm. with different configurations of stacks and that type of thing with four different projection sets. Sure. With an aggregate. Right. No, oh, not oh, with an no, aggregate. Oh, oh, I get each. it. Okay. The 300 with each. Sure. Uh, and then I would run and I'd run them through the portfolio correlation matrix. Okay. And then I would see what are, what are the most what what players stick to each other the most. Yeah, yeah. Now obviously it's going to be the highest, the higher owned players, the higher projected players. Uh, but I wanted to see what what do what do Hertz, Brown, Swift lineups look like? Right. Who's in that like that that type of stuff? So I I would jot that all down, right? Not a ton of stuff, just the main stuff of like, okay, I got to make sure I, I don't want to have these players together, these yeah, players yeah. together, those players together. I did a ton of that, and then I then I went in, made my groups, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, made made groups like what what end up happening is that I would get like Wentz, Dotson, uh, Kirk stacks, and it's sure. like, do I want Dotson as a one off? Do I want Dotson in a wed stack, or do I want to force in McLaren? Yeah. Now, being that I thought Dotson was actually going to be a little bit higher owned than I thought, than he actually ended up being, mm-hmm. I said, no, if I'm playing Wentz, I want to play McClure. Like, Dotson could be the second guy, but, like, he can't be the main guy. Same thing with Hertz. I was getting a ton of Hertz, Goddard, Hertz, Goddard, Hertz, Goddard. Yeah. And once I saw that all these projection systems, you know, based on the projections would have, if you're building single stacks with a run back, you're going to get a lot of Goddard in tight end and not enough A.J. Brown. Right. So I made sure to do it's like, okay, if I'm playing Hertz, gotta play AJ Brown or yeah. Devonta Smith, but not Goddard as the main person. So basically using your tool, which is part of the theory of daily fantasy sports for advanced mm-hmm. players, mm-hmm. uh, to uh to see what the field is more likely to do, especially if they're misusing projections. Right. And just running things through an optimizer. Right, just running things through an optimizer. Right. Unique players, you know, one or two, 300 lineups. I want to see. A, a two plus one stack, a three plus one, a two, uh, you know, and, and plus also the one V ones. Like if you're going to play one guy on one side and the other guy on the other side, so just running those types of lineups just to see what popular constructions will be. Yeah. What defenses go up with those constructions. I mean, it's mostly, it's mostly the most owned stuff, but you get these outlier stuff based on using projections of like what type of lineups have Romeo dubs in it. Mm-hmm. Right. And not having Romeo dubs in that type of lineup. What type of lineups have John that need that cheap receiver? What types of lineups have Damian Pierce in the running back spot at 4,800? Because you you need a cheap, like Damian Pierce is more tied to Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson than he is. And Kelsey, Pierce and Kelsey stuck together. Right. But you wouldn't see as many like uh, Pierce, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire lineups. Because they're right. because they're both cheap running backs and other running backs are going to be maroon. So just using that as a tool to just how do how should I build my groups so I could be I can have different player combinations. I could still have chalky players in my lineup, but just not in popular combinations. Right. I, I don't want to be two v twos. I want to be five v fives off of the field. So doing that, and then once I did that, okay, now I have my group set. So then I would go through and uh, aggregate all my projections together. Yeah. Uh, not equally, but to some extent. Uh, and then those count since I'm grouping out those players, I'm also probably going to be less exposed to them. So basically 
capping the exposure to those players and then increasing in minimum exposure to anything that was negatively correlated to them. Sure. Okay. So that's why I had like McLaurin on yeah. Dotson, like Pitt. I had, a, I had, I had a bunch, uh, not a bunch, but I mean, like I, I would put like, I want at least 5% of Pierce and Paris Campbell. Mm-hmm. Right. I want five, at least 5% of Mo Alley Cox. I want an outsized percentage, at least 10, 15 of Jonathan Taylor. Right. Cause that's on Marquise Pittman. Right. I had, a, I had 15%. I ended up with 15% AJ green. Mm-hmm. That didn't necessarily work out, but no, I had a leverage on Marquise Brown. I, mm-hmm. I had a ton of DJ Moore leverage on McCaffrey Barkley. I didn't know what else to do. I had a little bit of Wandell Robinson, a little bit of Kadarius Tony. I didn't do much there because there wasn't much to do because the Giants really did. Who, who am I going to play other than Barkley? They suck. Yeah. Right. And then I had a bunch of like Marquez Valdez Scantling and Nicole Hardman. To be the leverage off of Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, so I would do that, and then let me run through 300 lineups of each different four different stack types, and that would take you know with all the groups and everything would take a couple of minutes. Run through those, and then eliminated, and each of those 300 builds, the top and bottoms, you know the basically the highest owned and the lowest projected. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then take all of them, throw them in the portfolio trimmer. There you go. Yep. And using the portfolio trimmer, I would go quarter, quarter, basically quarterback by quarterback, and essentially, you know, smart trim them. Yep. Smart trim, smart trim, smart trim, and then I would take the lineups. I I, I was playing 150 large field lineups, mm-hmm. not all in one contest, but in multiple whatever type of contest. I got it down to like 180 something mm-hmm. by doing that. And then I would just sort and go put, I threw it back in the portfolio correlation matrix. Cause now I have my 183, but I'm yeah. like, what, what do I have too much of? And like, I had too much uh, Raiders stacks mm-hmm. to, for my risk tolerance. I could have played them. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I just started getting rid of just, Going through manually in in Excel, just going go, looking for a car and going, yeah, yeah, I want to have less of this and and mm-hmm. eliminating them one by one, right? I also had a, a a bunch of Winston, a little bit too many maybe Winston Michael Thomas type lineups, so I got rid of some of that and then I got down to one fifty and I was like, oh, there's my one fifty, throw it in and then yeah. once I took the then once I had the one fifty, I was gonna pick I have twelve. Single entry, three max lineups. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick the 12 out of those that I that I want to play. So basically, I instead of now I have all 150 together, so it says all the quarterbacks together. Uh, I trim the bottom because I want a higher projection for those right. types of contests, and I trim the top using the thresholds in the portfolio trimmer. And I got and I got it down to like a, a nice maybe sixty, right? And then I went by 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 uh, by like run by something you know. I, I only want to play uh, out of my twelve, no more than like maybe two or three Clyde Edwards Hilaire lineups. So I would just sort by Clyde Edwards Hilaire and then smart from just those lineups. And I and I would get okay. Here's two lineups. Okay, cut and paste those two lineups mm-hmm. into my DK file for those twelve contest now i have 10 more lineups to go 
get rid of those in the in the portfolio trimmer and then go through and then find the 12 that I that I want to play and put them in and there upload everything and there you go. I mean like like yeah, lineup H2 I used to build all the lineups that I could jump in there, but I just, you know, import export the projections, everything. I mean the portfolio correlation matrix takes, you know, typically a minute or two. Yeah, with that many lineups. Right, with that many lineups, that many diversification, stuff like that. But, I mean, what, it, wasn't, it wasn't that hard. Yeah. No, I mean, it probably, what, took you about 45 minutes to do everything? Well, I mean, a lot of it came in the beginning because I had to run 300 lineups. Right. Different configure. I mean... That's something you could do the night before, but I mean, of course, I, depending on the news and projections get updated, yeah, right. Because I want the project. I w- most people are building lineups in the morning, so if I'm going to do some some re- reconnaissance on their projections, I want I want the at least the early. I don't need the I don't need the inactives unless there's some big inactives we're waiting on. Like I don't care necessarily about having you know the inactives projections when I'm when I'm at least doing the the. the 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 portfolio correlation stuff earlier right when i build my lineup once you know once you know noon comes around i just update all the projections upload them again and yeah because you already have all the groups it it doesn't like those inactives especially yesterday it was just jk dobbins that was all we were waiting on and it's not like the groups were going to be heavily affected by jk dobbins right and people in chat where can i find this new tool it's part of the theory of daily fantasy sports for advanced players it includes custom Excel tools for Microsoft Excel, including lineup optimizers, lineup simulators, portfolio trimmer, portfolio correlation matrix, duplication checker, and predictor, contest reviewer, contest history analyzer. Yeah, I, 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 used, I used it for Showdown on Thursday. It was fine. I've really been liking it for Showdown. I've been using them a lot for Showdown. Um, I have built out, I built myself a, a little optimizer and Python because I I've kind of wanted to, I I've been really into building a lot of lineups lately, like way more than I can handle in, in lineup HQ. We're talking like, I I have one program where I'm building out about 2 million lineups in like Mm -hmm. 16 seconds so that I can just like shotgun, see some things, shotgun again, see some things. But this one, that that one's a lineup builder, right? And this new tool is an is a lineup optimizer that I'm using for Showdown, and um, I'm building out five thousand lineups, and then I'm checking uh, the the stats of those lineups, and then after I build those out, and I see, okay, so yesterday, like Tom Brady was in twenty percent of captain lineups in those, and Mike Evans was in sixteen percent or something like that, and then I'm checking the projections, checking the ownership. And then I take all of those lineups and I go into the portfolio trimmer and then I trim through and I see, okay, I, I mean, who is, who are the captains that I can even really use, right? Because after building out 5,000 lineups, it's nice to see who I have at captain, but it's better to see who is in the captain of the lineups that are actually plus EV and actually matter. And being able to use the tools on that, being able to run them through the correlation matrix and see, okay, well, if I'm optimizing based on projections for Rotor Grinders, then this is who I'm getting together. If I'm optimizing using my projections over at Pater, then this is who I'm getting. And then being able to say, all right, well, I probably don't want to have a combination of like CD Lamb and Mike Evans. I want to try to get away from that because that's going to be a super popular combination, stuff like that. I, I have found it very, very easy to use for Showdown for sure. 
Yeah, and especially with the size of contest that you're playing. Right? Smaller field stuff, you don't have to worry about it as much, but the larger field stuff. I mean, uh, I think I on the Thursday showdown, I built, I had 75 lineups. Uh, and I ended up with, uh, se- I had 70, or did I end up with 89 line? I don't know. Some, I don't remember. I played so many slates. I don't remember. Uh, but I had like my under fives were, I think, I think I got like 57 under fives. Pretty good. Out of 75 and, and only 16 uniques. But remember, I typically, based on my risk tolerance, aim for under fives. I mean, it's the right. same thing in MMA. It's that like unique uniques. Yeah, I want to get some, but I also don't want to play lineups that are so, so poorly projected and so bad. Right. Just I want to I want to avoid. I th- I think once once I once I checked, I think my my I had one lineup that was duped 34 times. One lineup that was duped 22, one lineup that was duped like 10, and then the rest mm-hmm. were under 10 at least. And then like more than half were under five. So it's like, okay. And then I had 16 uniques. And yeah. It's like based on the combinations, you look at the lineups and you go, okay, these aren't like these aren't nutso, nutso lineups. Yeah, some of them leave six thousand on the table. Yeah, sure, okay. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But for the main for the main slate for for Sunday slate, I mean, I don't care about duplicate. I'm not even I mean, that part of the process doesn't even no, I'm not, I'm not going to dupe in the middle. I don't care about duping in the middle. And and I've had people ask me with a dupe predictor. They're like, "Well, why does it only have six slots?" It's like you're only you're only using this for showdown and MMA and PGA. Like it's you I might. Can, I, able... uh, James, can I can I cut you off there? I, I that's, let prob- me that's probably thought. an oversight. You probably you probably should update it. So yes, sure. What happens if we have two games slate? Like two games the Thanksgiving would, slate? Let let me finish my thought. I go margin once I hear something that I don't agree with, and I need to clarify. And, and, I, and I agree. And I was going to say there is likely going to be an update this week where I update it to eight spots specifically for two game slates and short slates because I do think that is important. But the logic has to be retooled. Right. I mean, remember that originally when this was built, it was built for showdown for MMA. So I do have to retool the logic a little bit because the, that logic is not going to apply to an eight person or a 10 person lineup. Um, I, I have to retool the globals, but it is an update that I'm planning on working on. Uh, but yeah, I, I've had people ask why it only has six slots. And that's why it's because trying to predict dupes on a main slate, that's not what it's for. Like you, you're not if, if on a main you, slate of, of of a large size. On, I mean, on, yeah, yeah. On, on like a two main game slate like, is, plays more like showdown. Uh, say that again. Uh, like a two, two games. Like we're gonna get into NBA season. We're opening night is two games, and That's then, you're gonna, like, then you're gonna then the duplication matters. The nuance here between main slate and two game slate here, like yeah, sure, there are going to be main slates that are two games, and I agree with you. And let me talk for a second. But typically, when I say main slate, I mean five plus games and whatever but it, there there will be an update there'll be an update right but you but for for yeah for last for for yesterday's sunday slate like you don't don't worry about dupes yeah. no right Any, as, long as, you're not playing your, as long as you're not playing your cash lineup right as long as you're not playing you know the collusion lineup right or any, any, any of the over, several collusion lineups anything over four games like I'd say anything over three games i'd also uh, yeah but I, I wanted to be safe in saying four games so you wouldn't cut me off again Right. Anything okay. over four games. 
Uh, so, so in uh, my best lineup, GPP wise, like I said, I lost money in GPP yesterday, but I made money, right? I, I put in, I mean, for transfer versions, I played about $8,500 worth of volume between both sites mm -hmm. and uh, I got back 12.5. That's not bad. So I made, made four grand. Mm -hmm. uh, but this was my best lineup in uh, in the one of the power sweeps, whatever, the 150, 50K, three entry max. So you can see I'm Hurts. I didn't mind Hurts, but Hurts plus AJ Brown, mm -hmm. right? I played I played a ton of Chase and Jefferson. Like the fact that Jefferson was only twelve percent owned in the Millie was that's wild. It's wild, yeah, that is wild. But it's like play Terry McLaurin. People are playing Dotson or Gibson or something. It's like okay, Terry McLaurin mm -hmm. play Zach. Like I'm playing Edwards Hilaire and Zach Ertz. Everyone's playing. Kelsey, Juju, Marquise Brown. It's like, I'll play Ertz and CEH. Mm -hmm. And of course, Bar Barkley fits in this lineup. It doesn't mean you fade all the chalk or anything. It's just like, I didn't have Barkley plus Pittman plus Kelsey. Right. right. I mean, like I didn't have, so I could build a lineup like this. Of course, Giants defense would have been better if it was a Steelers defense. Is what it is. Right. Is what it is. You know, play 1.9% Jacoby Myers. I played a bunch of Tua stacks. I play a lot of Tyreek Hill. I was see, I was seeing a lot of a lot of Miami stacks from Sharps. Seeing a lot of that. Well, because you have big playmaker. I mean, because New England looks horrible. Oh yeah, no, they're they're right. Crap. So I mean, oh, who who knows what's gonna happen? I mean, that's what I said. Who we don't know anything yet. The only thing that I know is that I probably want to bet on, especially receivers that we already know are big play receivers. Right. So like I didn't want to have that much juju. Right. I didn't want to have that much uh I mean, if you take a look at some of the the, the ownership here, like I felt I felt like some of these guys, like, do I want to play that much Adam Thielen in GBP? Right. Or even Randall Cobb or 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 punt with Damian Pierce at running back. It's like I could find some forty eight hundred dollar guy, Najee Harris with a pitch a horrible Pittsburgh offensive line. I, I cannot believe that people were on Najee Harris yesterday. No, I mean, he's workload. I mean, that he's a running back. He's 6,400 and he has a workload. Okay, I get it. I had a lot of T. Higgins. Of course, he gets concussed and he's got out of the yeah. game. I mean, I had... I had Hill was 8% owned in this contest. He's at 6,800. Like, why, what, why not? Right. Yeah. I had... I had Miami projected well. I had Miami right below Cincinnati as a stack, and I had Cincinnati twice as owned. I had Miami as a fine stack. I didn't have any problem with that. Uh, what What was your? Uh, can I Can I guess what your your project your crazy projection of the week? Because that's that was that was a theme last year. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Okay, I'm gonna. I, I think I I may have, I may already know because I think maybe you tweeted it out. Uh huh. Uh, Sammy Watkins. Yeah, Sammy Watkins. <laughs> yeah. What 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 did you have? Okay, what was your what was your median or mean projection for Sammy Watkins? I had him for fourteen. Let me let me see what the aggregate was yesterday. Ten point two nine. So like okay. So here's here's the thing. Four um, four is four is a bit high, but at least I was expecting to see seven and be like you're double double. We're 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 gonna see less of the of the really weird stuff this year because I made some improvements to the models in the off season. Um, like yeah, so, better better terminology, you fixed it. 
<laughs> I fixed it. You actually them fixed it. <laughs> uh, no. So what I did was, we can say fixed, but when we're saying fixed, what I did was I fixed the uh, the outlier situations, right? Like I fixed the extremes. So I tried to pull in the extremes and the externalities of the models. So situations like Quez Watkins last year, remember when we had Quez Watkins like two weeks in a row, project for 15 mm-hmm. or something? Um, situations like that are going to be a lot less because I ended up progressing and pulling things back quite a bit on uh, on kind of like the weirdo wide receivers. Week one, I was I was very close to in line directionally with a lot of the with a lot of the industry. Remember that I project under a little bit, so I'm a little bit conservative on wide receiver projections overall. But um, like I had Justin Jefferson top overall. I had Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase. Terry McLaurin, Mike Williams, like I, I was pretty, pretty in line. Mike so, Williams, wow. Keenan Allen gets hurt. That Chargers situation, if if it, it's going to be one of those things where, good luck for like, yay, Chargers have a 2018 total, and oh, Herbert projects well, but like, who do you pair him with? Because he could throw right. 11 people. Yeah, Rich Rich Highbar tweeted it out. Uh, routes run with Keenan Allen off the field in Week One. Mike Williams, 19, three targets. Gerald Everett, two targets. Josh Palmer, two targets. DeAndre Carter, four targets. Austin Eckler, three targets. Trey, Mc- Trey McKitty, four targets. Joshua Kelly, one target. Like, this, I, I'm pretty heavily invested in the Chargers offense in best ball, right? I have a lot of Mike Williams, like a lot of Mike Williams. So, because I, I think that he's the best wide receiver on that team, but like, if he's only going to get three targets when Keenan Allen gets hurt, I'm not happy about that. James, 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 we're coming up on my favorite, my favorite week of the season. I know. Overreaction season. Week two, baby. week yeah. two. I know. I'm going all in, Mike. I, I know the Chargers play on Thursday. So, yeah. Uh, play a lot of Mike Williams and Showdown, maybe. Uh, no, it's going to be interesting. If if we're if we're looking at this, I, I mean, I generally think that with teams, when, when there's an injury that happens – in game when they when they have when they have a full game plan right because week one like they'll script out a full half right so if there's an injury to that script i do think that typically it's chaos like we saw with the chargers um but then when they have a week of preparation i i think that they end up cutting off the fat a little bit like i I think we'll see less of deandre carter or trey mckitty moving forward but like this isn't an analysis show we we just ship hosts on the show uh, so I'll talk about that later, but, uh, yeah, but I, those, are, but those are the types of things. I mean, that's an injury situation because of Keenan Allen, but I mean, if we take a look at, at like we go by just fantasy, I'm just going to sort by fantasy points right here. Yeah. Okay. Like Justin Jefferson. I don't, ex- I, I mean, is he always going to put up 42 points? Yes. No, but <laughs> I'll still play. I'll play Justin Jefferson. Like I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. But like I could see. I, I the pricing probably comes out soon or already came out. Like Saquon Barkley is the type of player. He'll be sixty eight hundred, and maybe he'll be over owned next week. Yeah. Or uh, Jamar. Well, it depends on what Higgins is. If Higgins is out, maybe Jamar Chase actually. Why not? Maybe we're playing Tyler Boyd in cash games. Oh, Tyler Boyd all day. Right. Or like DeAndre Swift did well. So maybe he'll be like 7,400. I don't know who the, I don't even know what the matchups are for next week, but yeah. I'm just trying to see situations of like players that like AJ Brown went nuts. But I mean, why couldn't that have been Devonta Smith or 
Dallas Goddard? Why couldn't it have been someone? It could have been someone else. Yeah. Cordell Patterson, I just don't play no matter what. And if he and he, he's in the Millie Maker winning lineup, he didn't have to be there. But like Robbie Anderson's performance, like Robbie Anderson scored all of his points, pretty much all of his points on one play. 75 yard touchdown. Right. Which is kind of old school Robbie Anderson anyway. So like people, DJ Moore may be under 6K next week and it'd be like, well, I'm going to take a shot on that. Right. Dontrell Hilliard was zero. Dontrell Hilliard, he's going to get a little bit of ownership next week. Right. Or Devin Duvernay. It's like, oh, I'm going to pair Duvernay with Lamar Jackson or or, or, or Jahan Dotson. Like McLaurin may be less on. Like I'm just looking at situations of like, how could we benefit from a one week sample size, especially if the points came primarily on either touchdown passes or one play like Dotson. I mean, Dotson caught two touchdown passes on four targets, Mm -hmm. right? Robbie Anderson had five catches with one 75 yard touchdown. I think stuff like that. The, the way that I usually look at this, I, I want to sort by guys who – I want to look at guys who really underperformed because I think that that's where people – like w- when we think about the way that people psychologically react to stimuli, right? Here's some fuck, here's some decision theory for you. Uh, people are more inclined to avoid things that hurt them rather than uh, go after things that have rewarded them, right? So the guys who are highly owned that underproduced – that's where I like to look in week. So Marquise two. Brown, yeah, Marquise Brown or Juju Smith-Schuster, right? Like Travis Kelsey. Well, he did well in the first half, and just they didn't have to do anything the second half, right? But people are still going to look at that and be like, "Oh, well, you know, it's Travis Kelsey, and you know, whatever." Or, dude, dude, I had Juju in my cash lineup, but when I see a line of like what it was like, he was like seven for seventy or something in the first half. I'm like, okay, I'm getting the bonus. Give me the bonus. But it's like the Chiefs didn't have to do anything, yeah. right? But, I mean, I see Christian Mc- – people will look at Christian McCaffrey's, you know, like Baker Mayfield ain't throwing to him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And maybe people don't play him as much next week. Yeah. Or Aaron Jones. They look at this Packers offense and go, yuck. And A.J. Dillon took a lot of lot of, <laughs> lot of rushing work, I mean, from him. Come on, look at Alvin Kamara. I mean, they're – I mean, this. What is? What are the Saints doing? The, they, do you watch some of that? Though. Number one, Taysom Hill, which is what, what we're used to, but they're they're running wildcats with Mark Ingram. Like I'm just, they have, like, dude, you have Alvin Kamara on your team. Why, why are you not just getting the ball to Alvin Kamara? Or, or are, are we're tan- for the to the Titans? Like they there was like a, a fourth and one or a third and one or something like that, and they did some like tight end reverse or like you have Derrick Henry on your team. It's one yard. If you don't trust Derrick Henry to get one yard, why do you play him? Right. It's like they no, overthink I, I themselves. It's like, uh, but there's eight guys in the box. It's Derrick Henry and it's one yard. Just run it up the middle for crying out loud. What's so complicated about this? I know. They're running wildcat with Mark Ingram. At least do it with Alvin Kamara. Like you don't even have him on the field. Like what is going on here? Austin Eck, people are going to overreact to Austin Eckler. Yeah, by a lot. He didn't even yeah. get a fifty percent snap snap share. I know. Well, to be fair, like Austin Eckler has been talking all off season about like, hey, stop working me so hard, and maybe the coaching staff actually paid attention. He's too big. Why? Because he wants. He's too busy playing video games. Yeah, he's too busy being a podcast host with Matt Harmon. Right. So who else? Who else has underperformed <laughs> yesterday? 
I'm going. Through, I'm just going through the ownership. Like, because especially mm-hmm. those, like the more owned the player was in week one that didn't yeah. do well, then, right? Let's see. Adam, th- at, at, there will be there will be games this season with the way the Vikings will be playing offense and maybe playing against a better competitive team than the Packers that Justin Jefferson is super chalk and Adam Thielen goes five for 60 with three touchdowns. Yeah. Cause that's what he does. He's their main red zone threat. Right. So like, there's going to be a time where you're going to look at Adam Thielen's game logs. He's going to be like 4,800 in a perceived bad matchup. Mm-hmm. Right. And then be like, okay, I'm just going to catch three touchdowns or something like that. Derrick Henry only eight fantasy points. Right. I think Damian Pierce was an interesting situation because he did get quite a few carries, but he just didn't do anything with them. They were just super inefficient. And at 4,800, I mean, his price probably, I don't know, he wasn't super chalk, but I think he's probably still going to be low fives. He's going to be pretty interesting to see how people react. because right, he right, was, but, but I think the context of the game, game, the context of the game that, that – we didn't expect the Texans to be the ones that were up in the game. Right. And then they relied on Rex Burkhead more mm-hmm. than the rookie. And the rookie. I mean, like, I think. They and that makes sense. I mean, rookies, people overreact in the first couple weeks. I mean, especially week one, people like, oh, yeah, this rookie is going to be everything. Like, what what did Sky Moore do this year or, or this week? Absolutely. Literally nothing. Even though they had a massive lead, they could have just let the rookie go out there. But they still... And Jalen Tolbert literally didn't even play for Dallas when they're considering using Tony Pollard in the slot. So that people think that rookies are just God's gift in week one, and it, it almost always backfires. Smooth Jimmy Apollo in the YouTube chat. Feel free to post whatever you want in the YouTube chat, questions or whatever. Mid-sized, 1 to 5K entry, Torney. Are you willing to give up more projection for a leverage play like Alec Pierce on Pittman JT, or do you still just focus on how much projection loss is worth the ownership? No, no. The extra leverage gives you extra relative value, so it, it's worth more to you. It matters now, is, more. is it worth 10 points of projection? No, of course not. But, yes, you would you would factor it in the same way that you'd factor in some type of positive correlation. Like, it's not reflected in the mean or median projection. So it's like, well, once you put Mahomes plus Juju plus Kelsey together, you get an extra three points on your mean because – you're aiming for because when one thing happens, yeah. the other thing happens. So it's it's very same thing with, well, there's so many more Pittman lineups. By playing a negative correlation of Pittman, I think I gain an extra one to one and a half points in relative value. And you add that to your mean projection and count that towards it. So that that's that's kind of what it means. Yes. Well, so yes, I'm, I'm willing to give up more projection for plays that give me more relative value, which means. They are net. They have direct leverage off of a highly owned player. Where if that guy does well, the other guy typically doesn't. We'll also note that this, like in the one to five k size, right? Like that. That's going to matter more. Where you're willing to give up a little bit more projection, right? And then as it gets larger and larger and larger, you're willing to give up more and more and more projection. If if this is like a two hundred man single entry or something like that that 10 points of fantasy that you're losing, even if you gain a little bit of relative value, you're adding so much volatility to your lineup that like it's, it might not even be worth it at that point either. But you still, James, you still have to balance it out. Like you do. This is where, this is where people go wrong, right? They think too much in black and white. So, and they think too much in single player. Not even that I'm I'm talking about like, for instance, it sounds counterintuitive. We're, We're hitting NFL season now, which is the perfect example of this. It sounds counterintuitive, but 
I'm more likely to get contrarian in single entry and three max than I am in the Millie maker. And you go, why wouldn't you get more? Because you're thinking of the term contrarian as meaning one thing only black and white. So for instance, in a, in the, in the, in a single entry, like the power sweep or some three max, the spy 4,000 entries or a 1,000, like the same type of mid-sized tournament. Pittman maybe 38% owned, right? As opposed to the Millie, where maybe this is the $100 Millie, with 27% owned, mm-hmm. which means the higher own Pittman gets, the more leverage you get by playing Alec Pierce or or Paris Campbell or something like that. because And because there's so much more ownership condensing on certain players, you can play more contrarian by playing the leverage plays. But in the rest of your lineup, you're probably playing the highest, like you're not dropping so much projection. It's just that, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play Ertz at tight end and I'm going to play Alec Pierce at wide receiver, not play Kelsey, not play Pittman. And, and then, then just talk everything else. Right. And then I could just press like, as long as it's a stack and whatever, and just give me, give me the highest projected at that point. Right. So it's not a matter of like, okay, you can still have a high projected lineup, but you're getting so much more relative value with these certain direct leverage points in the Millie maker. However, it doesn't work that way because we have so much more dead money that doesn't even play the good, the, the, the better projected plays often enough that you have Michael Pittman. It doesn't give you as much. Yeah. 20, 27% ownership. It's still enough to give you leverage by playing Pierce or Pat Campbell or something, Mo Ali Cox or whatever, but nowhere near as much as when he's 38 to 40% owned, right? Bar- when, if Barkley's 40% owned, that's mo- so much more leverage available than when he's 19.6% owned. Let's say, for instance, okay, let's say, for instance, if you could compute the efficient ownership of a player in the Millie Maker and you had Barkley's efficient ownership at 23%. Now, in the power sweep, you have his efficient ownership because it's a smaller field contest at 29%. If Barkley comes in at 40% owned in the small field contest, you're more likely to not play him. But in the Millie Maker, you're actually more likely to be a little bit more overweight on him because he's actually under owned, right? Now, you find a way to get different in the rest. You still want to lower total ownership. You want to lower ownership some for the Millie, but it's not like I'm avoiding. Like I'm not avoiding the the top projected point per dollar salary adjusted value players because there are so many more people that are not playing them because they're just not playing them. I find that you have to make less. Like I, I always tell people in coaching sessions that you're pretty much only making like five to six decisions on a slate. If you're making a decision on like this main slate, you made a decision on Michael Pittman, Saquon Barkley, Travis Kelsey, and like Jalen Hurts or something like that, right? So in, in the millimaker, in these really large field stuff, I feel like you have to make less of those pivots. Like you, you, you only have to go off of one of those things. Whereas in smaller fields, like maybe you have to make more decisions on those kind of things. Just well, because people, like try, people try to get too cute. They yeah. go, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, oh, what, what are the, what are the top eight owned players? I'm just going to not play any of them. Mm-hmm. Well, they're owned for a reason because they project extremely well for their salary. So like, you're you're betting on a slate where all of them fail. Like that's unlikely. Yeah. Now it's 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 unlikely that all eight of them do well, right? 
Some will do, some will overperform their median and some will underperform their median because that's why it's a median. It's a 50th percentile outcome. But for you to just blindly go in and say, well, I'm either not going to play them or that's that's the black and white thinking of like, yeah, there, there are, I had plenty of Pittman lineups. I had plenty of Kelsey lineups. I had plenty of Barkley lineups. The thing is, I didn't have any lineups that had two of those players in it on the first week of the season where projections could be really fragile and I don't want to have the similar. I don't want to have similar player combinations, especially Barkley being like the the creme to the creme of the cheaper running backs, and Kelsey being like the highest priced tight end. Like those builds led to, and I'm not. Also, I'm not going to do the other thing. I, I'm going to play. I'm going to play uh, Mac Jones stacks, right? Like I'm not doing that. like 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 yeah. In those lineups, you could play Pittman, Kelsey. I had right? if you want to, if you want to do something nuts so in the rest of your line, but it's like I you don't even need to. You can I still people play the me, projected teams. I, I had people saying, Oh, well, I think I'm gonna have some uh I think I'm gonna go with like Atlanta and Chicago sacks today. And I'm like I played some Mariota. Sure, yeah, absolutely. If you have 150, I did not think that that, that Bears 49ers game, I avoid that. <laughs> I had the least amount. I'd like get. I no. I had Eli Mitchell. I, I had Eli Mitchell in, in my in my. Yeah, me too. And then he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, painful. But like, I I said it in in my main slate breakdown video that one of the bigger mistakes that people make, especially week one, is trying to get super far off the board when it's like you don't. You, we have established things that you can bet on. We have these games that have totals over 50 like we have players that are very well and underpriced based on offseason adp like we we have a lot of information week one even if we don't know things we know things about teams and i think that people just they get so weirdo just so they can be like yeah well it was contrarian and like look i i cashed with this lineup that has like four water boys on it's like i don't care dude <laughs> go take a victory lap somewhere else Grant Brown in the chat says you can play Saquon Barkley X percentage and be overweight, but getting off the combination of him with one or two of Kelsey Pittman hurts commanders. D. Yeah. Which is exactly what I was doing, which is why you go to theory of DFS.com. You get the advanced players course and you get James's portfolio correlation matrix tool. Now, obviously in the, when, when the ownership is condensed, you not like, dude, it's the highest owned players that are going to be, they're going to stick together. Cause why are they the highest owned? They, pro- they project the best. You get the best median out of them and they fit the pieces fit together. Right. That, but you, you, there are certain players that you may think stick to one another, but don't stick t- to as much as you think. That's why I thought like, okay, do I have to group out Justin Jefferson? And it turns out I didn't. Right. Right. Jamar Chase. I didn't. Right? Do, do I have to do I have to group out? Uh, I mean, you don't have to, but like some of the guys that projected well, they project well, but they're still not in popular combinations. It's like, like yeah, Hertz is popular, but AJ Brown isn't sticking to him. Goddard is sticking to him more than anything. So it's like, okay, I don't mind it. Hertz, AJ Brown, like, oh, how do you play? Hertz is going to be the most owned quarterback. Obviously, not, well, AJ Brown ain't going to be the most owned, right? Right. And then on the other side, it's like, okay, put Swift together. And I go, okay, what what ty- what lineups do those look like? Like lineups that look like that don't have Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase in it. 
right? So it's like, I don't mind that combination now, even though it's like, oh, you're playing guys that aren't like single digit owned. It's like, yeah. And I'm playing them in combinations that are less owned in combination to one another. I'm just not playing. I can play a ton of Travis Kelsey. Just not with, not, not have it all with Saquon Barkley and Michael Pittman. Like it's, it really just comes down to that. So when, when people ask, especially, you know, until, until you learn the fundamental game theory of DFS, someone will ask James, right? You will have, it's week one of NFL, right? Week two coming up. Uh, which one should I fade? Barkley, Pittman, or Kelsey? And what would what would the correct answer? What would my answer be? Your answer would be, uh, what does the rest of the lineup look like? Right. I mean, you fade it. Uh, I would suggest for the large field contest or even the small field one, maybe maybe don't play more than one of them. Mm-hmm. Right. You could build if you want to play all three. You're gonna have to get weird elsewhere weirder elsewhere if you're only gonna play two you still have to get weird but not as weird if you play one now you kind of feel free to like oh so why not play them it's like okay then to do that instead i mean like but it doesn't come down to which one do i play and which one do i don't it's like you could build you could build a hundred plus ev lineups with barkley you could build a hundred plus ev lineups with kelsey you could build a hundred plus EV lineups with Pittman, and you have three hundred lineups there that all have about the same expected value. So, like, with with pick one. I mean, like, you, with, you just play any of them. Like, what, play what any of them, doing? right? <laughs> Defix says my best lineup had Barkley, Pittman, Kelsey, Jefferson, but it was a low owned state stack. Okay, well, that's the reason I didn't do well on GPP yesterday because Barkley, Pittman, and Kelsey all did well. Yeah, I right? I went with. Arizona, I went with an Arizona stack, a Baltimore stack, and a Las Vegas Raiders stack. And I I was happy with all play in the rate. What did you do with the rate? Like so those car line, like I could see playing car plus Adams. But like I was I was fine with Carr, Adams, and Waller because the total was so high. And like I'm I'm totally fine because Carr, he's not gonna be a GPP winning quarterback unless he has four touchdowns. And I'm not gonna expect him to throw four touchdowns to one of Waller or Adams. I'm fine with that. Um, and and obviously, like, the total being at 52, it, it lets me bring back either Mike Williams or Keenan Allen or whoever. And also, the prices weren't exorbitant on them to where I I, I get the wall. Like, James, I get the waller because, like, tight end sucked. If Kelsey didn't put up right. a million points, like, 14 points could win tight end. I get it. But, I mean, I wouldn't have done Adams Renfro. I wouldn't – I mean, just – no, no, I'm not doing that. A, a lot of the time, if I'm going to be playing something like that and there's an elite tight end on the team, I'm not, I'm just going to have them in my stack. Like the three tight ends that I played yesterday were Kelsey, Andrews, and Waller. It's like, I just don't want to take shots on those really cheap tight ends most of the time. And if I can get one in my stack, I like it even more. I, I'm That's one of the reasons why I play the Baltimore stacks because I can have Mark Andrews in it. Um, Travis Kelsey on the Arizona so stack. played Lamar, Bateman, Andrews. Yeah, that's what I played. Yeah. Right. And then he played Elijah Moore as the run back. I did indeed. Yeah. Okay. But that makes yeah. sense. And and the, the biggest issue with that was that my secondary correlation was Sammy Watkins out of Thielen. Whatever happened, happens. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, I didn't, I barely played any double stacks. So, and you barely played any bring backs? No, I did play bringbacks, but I didn't play oh, oh, like oh, oh, skinny, okay. like two plus ones. Right. 
right? Two plus one, barely any double stacks. And for the reason is the totals were low. Mm-hmm. The early part of the season typically favors the defense more than the offense. And the likelihood, I think that the double stacks would be over-owned for the mm-hmm. contest that I play. Uh, so I'm more likely to, can I, can I get as many big play people into my lineups as possible rather than like correlating as much? I just, I did, I didn't think there would be a standout game mm-hmm. that you needed three plus one. I mean, if the, if any of them was going to happen, it would have been the KC Arizona game. I thought the 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 Raiders Chargers game. I thought the pricing was they were expensive, right? Cost prohibitive. So I didn't. So I'm like that game could go off, but the pricing would make it that if it gets spread around enough, no one gets there mm-hmm. right, enough to get you know to be a GPP winning score. And uh, the the only double stack that I was I, I may have had some of is the uh, like the Cousins Jefferson Irv Smith. Like the Vikings uh, offense tends to be much more condensed. So you kind of know where the ball's going. So Mm -hmm. like in those types of offenses, I don't mind the double stacks as much, but I mean, I just thought it was a week, which I was correct on Mm -hmm. that. The scoring was going to be lower on in general. And you'd be more better off just trying, trying to find the big play, but I wasn't playing like all one-offs. I was playing secondary correlations, right? Aaron Jones, Justin Jefferson, right? Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. So you'd have, uh, uh, you know, like we have Jacoby Myers, Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. right? Something like that. Or or Mike Thomas, uh, Michael Thomas, Kyle Pitts. I thought I thought it was an interesting week. Um, and this is, a, it might be something that we look at throughout the entire season where it felt really lopsided. Um, and I, I think that there's going to be, that this is James's James's minute of season long predictions here. But um, I think there's going to be a lot of parity in the league this year. And I think that there's going to be a lot of lopsided matchups. And I think that bring backs will actually be a lot less important this year in GPPs because we, we see, we we've kind of seen the league get to this point where quarterback and coaching combos are so vastly important. Like the good teams are going to be really good this year. And the teams that are not as good are, going to be really hurting and I, I think there will be a lot less of um of importance in bring backs and I think there might even be a, lo- a little bit less impact on secondary correlations as well because the, I think there's going to be a lot of blowups this year so that's, right, so that's there'll be more games like 37 to 10 yeah interesting why you just need just have three players on the winning team and you don't need well and it was really easy for me to look like in my breakdown video I I noted two things I noted one that Pittsburgh was a really good team to back because I thought the Cincinnati with their O-line was being new. It's improved, but it's new, and that stuff takes to gel. So I said that Pittsburgh was a good bet. I said that Chicago was a good bet. And then I said that the Chiefs were just going to stomp Arizona. And, and all of those things came through because when you look at the disparity between those teams and when you look at the way that those teams act, I just think that it's going to be there's going to be a lot of lopsided stuff, and I think there's going to be a lot of um, – lower scoring games. And I, I just think that correlations bring back correlations specifically are going to matter a lot less. Uh, Straw pass 23. What's a secondary correlation? That just means two players from opposite sides of a game that don't involve the quarterback in the line. Yeah. yeah. So instead of a one-off, it's like a one-off correlation. It's like a one-off stack type thing. Right. Just without QB. So for, for instance, a primary <laughs> correlation in your lineup, I'll show it in, in lineup HQ. 
right well that i shouldn't have clicked on that okay let's right like a primary correlation is i'm going to take the quarterback right i'm going to play jalen hurts right plus aj brown or something you know if i could find him right so that would be a primary and because it involves the quarterback because he's the main he's the focal point of the entire lineup right so and a bring back would be like playing someone on the Detroit side of the ball, like Amon Ross St. Brown or something, right? So this would be a two plus one, right? Two from one side, one from the other, which includes the quarterback. A three plus one would be if you play Goddard, right? So now you have a quarterback plus two pass catchers and a one bring back. A secondary correlation is just two people on two sides of a game, right? That's very similar. Like if I just took out this right that's a this is a secondary so let's say i wanted aj brown and amon ross st brown but i'm going to play that in a tyler murray marquise brown type of line right so the primary correlation is murray brown and we have three browns in the line i, I didn't realize that's, i was doing that but yeah a lot of brown, hot brown. I'm in Louisville, hot brown. <laughs> so yeah, so the secondary correlation is just anything with two guys from opposite sides of the game in your lineup. So I build a lot of my lineups with secondary correlation. I do too. It's like it's like you're building two stacks into your lineup because the goal only one of them has a quarterback. One of the goals is to be is to get paid the most on making the least decisions that you need right. to get right. Right. So if you can do secondary correlations in your lineups as well as the primary correlations, it makes the things that you have to get right less. Right. But they typically will only work in high scoring close games. And the point that you're making or, is that or, or, or with two players that have massive market shares, even if right. it's on a bad team. Right. But you made but you're making the point, which I, I agree with to, to a certain extent, mm -hmm. that we may see a lot more games this year that like, if it's lopsided, even though it may not look lopsided, it's like, well, Miami was only favored by, like, three points over New England, but it's right. like, if New England sucks, like, this game could be lopsided. So, yeah. I mean, like, this game, you might as well just play the Dolphins and no bring back. Well, or, we, we even saw that in the close games, right, with Cincinnati and Pittsburgh and with Indianapolis and Houston, right, both those both of those games were very close we still saw the better teams produce massively more fantasy points than the worst teams. And I think that matters. I, I think we're still going to see that a lot this year. I, I And I'll, I'll put it into the correct DFS terminology here. I think that double stacking and bringbacks and secondary correlations will be over-owned in GPPs this year relative to their actual value in the contest. Maybe not the large field stuff. Maybe not the large field stuff, yeah. But, but, I, but the I small think, field stuff, maybe, yeah. yes. In, in the stuff, I, I guess, in the stuff that I want to play, I think it'll be overrun. Right, and the, and the stuff like the Millie, people just, there's tons of people that don't even know any of that stuff. Yeah. Like, they don't even consider it. Yeah. Let alone do it too much. And it's if the they same want thing to say about baseball, right? People, yeah. it's 2022, and people are like, oh, everyone stacks an MLB. It's like, have you downloaded? Have you looked at CSVs? <laughs> you'll still find, you'll still find 20, 25% of lineups that don't stack at all. And uh, like, how, how are these people playing? It's like, yeah, that, that, why, why, why do you think we're all profitable? And, and Jordan, where can, so you said that there's a lot of people that don't even know about some of these concepts. Where can they find out how to learn these concepts? Theoryofdfs.com. 
Right? We have we have the theory of daily fantasy sports for advanced players course that just came out two two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Right? Get the first course. That's the the the, the concepts course is if you if you're really new to DFS, you should really new to playing DFS seriously. You should listen to that first, but then get the advanced players guide as six hours, 10 chapters of audio, as well as all of uh, your uh, Microsoft Excel tools, which are, which are updated regularly. You say, you send out emails that say, okay, I did this. I fixed this. Right. If you have feedback, always give it to James people, people DM me and they say, uh, can I do this sort of thing? Can uh, just anything about the tools? Just James, you take care of it. Right. I, I, I will I also know. give a quick note on the sport tickets. Uh, it's harder for me to hit them on the weekends. So if I'm a little bit slower on the weekends and I get back Monday morning, just deal with me. All right. Right. A lot, a lot of times it's user error. A lot of times is you didn't cut and paste the column in the right spot. The the biggest thing that I have found that people have made a mistake on is simply not matching the column format. Right. Well, that that's that's what it, if you don't match the column format, nothing it won't work. Right. Because I've done it, it by mistake. Yeah. I mean, I've done it by my, I, I, I think yesterday I, I put in a portfolio correlate. I, no, I was doing portfolio trimmer and I just accidentally uh, cut and paste the salary in the wrong spot. Yep. And then yep. like, oh, what, why doesn't this work? And, and, and so I just double check and I go, okay. Yep. Like, worst case scenario, if you, if you can't see it right then, just close, close out the document and start off. So start mm-hmm. over again. Right. And then you go, oh, okay, I didn't paste. Oh, okay. Whoops. Right. Whoops. Right or sometimes you, you you cut and paste in the in the like even with the the lineups like uploading the DraftKings like I yesterday I had to spend extra time because I cut and paste the lineups from the portfolio trimmer mm-hmm. over the entry feet like the entry column yeah I've done that for yeah. DraftKings so it's like and then I I I I before I went to upload I realized what I did I'm like uh oh <laughs> right to cut and paste and put it in and then because then obviously DraftKings will say what the these don't match any entry IDs because you've written over them, right? right? So yeah, so a lot, a lot, a lot. Most of the time, it's user error, or uh, what you're trying to do, truthfully, is past the power of what Excel could do. Yeah, I had. Let's, uh, let's just let's just say the portfolio correlation matrix will not work with with like six thousand lineups that are <laughs> highly diverse. It will literally give you a debug error. Yeah. Because it'll it will literally go through and it'll it, it'll just break. There there are certain things that the tools just can't do. Right to that extent, or or uh, uh, if I'm gonna like what you said, I'm gonna make two million lineups and then simulate like like dude, th- th- this is not built for what Excel could do. There's a reason why we could only you only put in ten lineups to simulate. Right, and right? and and people have asked me if they're like, well, why does it only do ten lineups? I'm like, look. You could feasibly do 150 in this. You right. you could. I wasn't gonna do it, but you could, you could because the 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 amount of time and energy to put into doing that is not worth your time or energy. Right. Ten, ten lineups is fine if you want to like make some decisions for single entry or three max. Like, cool, good. But you don't. There are certain things that like if you push the bounds, there's diminishing returns on why you're doing this thing. Right. It's not useful enough for mm-hmm. 150. Line. It's not no. for what you're doing. Cause every, li- every lineup that you add to that makes it exponentially longer. Right. Right. So it's not the type of thing of like, well, why can't you make it 20? Well, 20 will take like 10 times as long as 10 
Like one, two lineups takes X amount of time. Three lineups takes the cube of that. Like it's, it's not just something. Now it looks very fast to you. I mean, it looks, I mean, it goes like that. It's fast. But that's the whole point. We don't, you don't, you don't want to make it so that you put in a hundred lineups and you press it and then you go and get yourself a snack and wait for it to be done. Cause this is supposed to be, you're, you're building lineups a half an hour before lock. Yeah. Right. You're deciding on this 10 minutes, five minutes before you're submitting and you're going, which, which one of these 10, I have to make a decision on that. Like that's, that's the purpose of the tool. If you take the course theory of DFS.com, you will understand that, that the more and more you understand the concepts of DFS, the less and less time that it should be taking for you to build lineups. Okay. So you should be able to tonight, even if you didn't know anything about NFL football, build 20 showdown lineups that were plus EV. Oh yeah. Oh, As, yeah, if, you have, if you have projections and you have ownership and you have a lineup builder and you have these tools, there's no reason why you couldn't. I could play the baseball slate tonight. I have no idea who's pitching or know anything. As long as I have that information and I have these tools, I can play any contest I want. If I want to play single, the 121 single entry on DraftKings, sure. Yeah, just easy. Plug some stuff in, and I could, I could, I could, I could do all of this. And I mean, depending on the slate, probably less than ten minutes. Yep. Yeah, That's absolutely. Cool. I, I mean, I I think that especially in something that doesn't require a lot of groups. I mean, NBA. Yeah, NBA I mean, is going to be easy as hell. <laughs> it's good. But, but I mean, it's easy as hell in relation. But of course, updating the projections. Uh, Six thirty-eight. This guy's out uh, at six fifty-two. And like it's like twelve minutes before lock. Got to update all the projections. Like that's going to be more of the, of the the scramble. But yeah. the actual building of lineups. Like I, dude, with with these tools now, Five with lineup HQ. Yeah. Right. So you need Roto Grinders, NBA projections, lineup HQ to build the lineups, and the theory of D- DFS tools. Like, dude, like I'm I'm going to be building lineups. It's going to be like okay, four minutes. I'm done. Yep, it's gonna be really easy for NBA for for like PGA. I imagine these tools would be just killer for PGA. No correlations to worry about. Right, Hardly no nothing to worry group. about. Like all all that you have to do is do the same process that you did for NFL. Go through the correlation matrix, hit, figure out what the correlations are. Go in, build a couple groups to avoid those combinations. Throw it in the trimmer. Ten minutes at most, and it's a weekly thing. It's so easy. Right. Then you check your dupes afterwards for showdown and you have the dupe checker also. You have the dupe predictor, right? So if it's like the showdown stuff, you just add one more tool in there. So like I don't trim, see uh, James for showdown. I don't yeah. trim until I dedupe. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, right? the, the I, way I, I, some people were doing the other way around. Like I, mm-hmm. in the discord, in the, the uh, my blenders game theory channel, they're like, oh, I would trim the portfolio and then put it in the dupe predictor and my lineups would be too duped. So I had to go back. It's like, no, I don't trim until like, I'm going to build like 1200 lineups. Yeah. Put them in the dupe uh, predictor and then get rid of like 80% of those lineups. I, and then I on might, the last ones, then I trim. I, I'm considering, cause I, I'm going to do another um, batch of updates and stuff like that. And with the duplication predictor, I might be adding in a button to automatically trim to a certain threshold of duplications in your portfolio. Cause I think that would be, cause I do that anyway. So right. I think that that's just an intuitive thing that we might as well add. Um, 
but yeah, right, I, instead of just cutting and just like just clearing out those cells, I just I just build five. Like I said, for my showdown optimizer, I build five thousand lineups. I see what they look like. I throw them into the dupe checker. I cut out anything that's over twenty dupes, and then I throw it into the trimmer, and that's 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 it. It's it. It, it takes no time. Draw face twenty three. Other correlations in golf. Now that's not the correlations James was talking about. Talking about correlations between popular lineups. Right. My suggestion, Strawface23, would be to go to theoryofdfs.com slash advanced and get the course and listen to it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost, it's, almost, it's almost weird. It's almost, James, it's extremely weird that how you could learn from something that's designed to teach you. Yeah, and teach you really, really well. You do a really good job in it, by the way. Well, thank you. Yeah, you did a good job. That's at theoryofdfs.com. James, you're always at paydirt underscore DFS on Twitter. And uh, we got got showdown tonight. I'm I'm very busy today. We got baseball later today. There'll be a Grinders Live. I'll be on the pre-lock show for for showdown tonight with Will Chief Justice for, uh, for the Russell Wilson goes back to Seattle for the first time since last year. Right? It's Broncos, Seahawks. We'll be talking showdown then. And uh, I'm, I'm here. I'm here all week. Right. Give me those thummy thumbs on your way out the door. That always helps us. This is a free show. If you want to keep it free, you got to give me those thummy thumbs. Uh, and, uh, and we'll be talking about whatever. It's mostly NFL now. Obviously, Fridays we do MMA, but mostly NFL. Tuesday, we'll be breaking down some more stuff. I'll show of tools. Go over lineup HQ stuff. Go over whatever you want. NFL, answer your DFS strategy questions. I'm here. I'm here every day, pretty much, right? Every weekday, Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. 